Welcome to Kindle Curiosity, an imperfect podcast about the creative process. I'm your host, Sarah Schatz. I'm an artist, author, academic, and creative coach. This is season three, and we will be exploring creative ecosystems, which happens to be the topic of my very first book. Hello and welcome to episode two of season three of Kindle Curiosity. I'm here with my friend, Kate Lang. Kate, can you introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I am Kate Lang of Lionheart Canyon Studio. Um, I am a weaver and collage artist and a writer and explorer. So I kind of, like, like Sarah, I'm investigating a lot of different creative mediums I live in Omaha, Nebraska right now with my little rescue pup, Sage Biscuit. She's a very good girl. And yeah, I have known Sarah for five, maybe five, six years over Instagram. And I had the pleasure of meeting her when I was on a road trip several years ago. So I know Sarah both on Instagram and in person. And I... I am an artist so yes and um both uh baby Sarah and baby Kate uh Kate was actually my very first podcast interview when this whole thing started so if you want to listen to us talk a whole lifetime ago I will put that in the show notes I think we talk a lot about foraging in that Mm -hmm. episode and yeah that was one of my favorites so yes thanks for both being my first then and my first now, I didn't do that intentionally, but things kind of oh come gosh. full circle sometimes. They really do. So Kate is one of the few people that has read my book already. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to do this season is really dig into the idea of creative ecosystems. And so with Kate today, we're going to specifically talk about uh, the element of air, which in my book means lived experience and we'll kind of get into that Uh, but I guess I should introduce the idea of what a creative ecosystem is and basically for anybody who hasn't read the book yet who's not Kate a creative ecosystem encompasses everything every condition within which we create so it's our body our mind our lived experience the things that we read and watch and do the people around us our communities Um, the seasons and cycles both within us and around us and yeah time and space and like everything so the idea kind of developed for me because my creative process was very much in the hustle hustle burnout and after David was born I couldn't do that and so I had to restructure a creative process that was more holistic and that was sustainable uh, and consider parts that I didn't typically Uh, consider part of my creative process to be actually supporting my inner artist and um, I couldn't decide uh, how to talk about this but actually Kate is the very first person who read my book because I would send basically like a chapter at a time to her via email so she's kind of the muse of this book and um, I loved like the little encouragements I got along the way so I feel It was very appropriate to talk to you about this first, Kate. And I asked, like, which element would you like to talk about? Because I want to do an interview about each element of the creative ecosystems this season. And you picked air, the lived experience. And there's a very specific reason why you were inspired to talk about this. So I'd love to hear 
hear about that. Yeah. Um, so I think like the lived experience is like so much of who I am and, um, I've realized how much like experiences and environments end up affecting our creative ecosystems and our mental health and our creativity. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about that just because it's been so imperative to the way I work, I think. Um, and I'm sure so many of us can relate to that too. Um, so <laughs> I'm excited to chat about that. And today. you have a new environment. I do. I do. Um, I just moved into a new apartment um, and it's pretty much my dream apartment. I'm so happy to be here and uh, it's, I've, I've lived here for three weeks, I think, and I can already feel like so much, I, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but I feel such a shift in my creativity and my mental health already. I, I do live with anxiety and depression. Um, so I felt that both of those have improved, I guess, with my new environment. Um, yes, that's a great point as well. Like, uh, we do want to talk about air today, but mental health is like the water in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of the metaphor is that everything informs each other. Mm -hmm. The water like is in the air. It's it's in the clouds, it's in the humidity, but it's also in the earth. It's in mm -hmm. pools of water and rivers and all of those things. So yeah, definitely yes. as, as different elements come up, let's dig into that too. Sarah from the future here. I realized right after we recorded this interview that I never said how you could pre-order my book, which is pretty important. So if you are listening to this and you would like a copy of Discover Your Creative Ecosystem, there is a hardcover, ebook, and audiobook version, and you can find that at sarahshots.com slash pre-order, or if you follow me on Instagram, it will be easily linked there. There's also a fully illustrated workbook companion uh, if you're interested in journaling. Um, so that <laughs> that's my little update for now. Let's get back to the interview. I think it might be interesting for listeners if they didn't hear the last episode, um, that having an apartment is kind of an extra big deal for you because for quite a while you were living like a nomadic life mm -hmm. and you didn't have like a really firm home base so maybe you mm -hmm. want to talk about that a little bit yeah uh the last couple of years I've lived at um summer camps because I was working at camps um, through the off season as well so I was living in um, a staff cabin or a camper or uh, I had I, when I lived at a camp in Kansas I lived in this little cabin and just like this little one-room cabin with my dog um, I've also done a lot of road trips the past couple of years kind of living on the road a little bit so nomadic lifestyle is a pretty good way of putting that and though I enjoyed the rootlessness of it I also realized that I am not a rootless kind of person and I need to have stability for myself. And I was really lacking that the past couple of years. So um, having this, this new space helps me feel rooted, which I know Sarah relates to because root was our mutual word of, of the year for this yes. year. 
Yes, definitely. Love the metaphors of the roots as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had a train of thought and then I lost it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, it's kind of like all the pieces are coming together in my mind and I'm looking at your weavings behind you. Actually, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that this is the very first video podcast episode. So if you're listening on the podcast app and you want to see our faces and you want to see Kate's space and her weavings and I'm out in my studio, um, you can hop over to kindlecuriosity.com and find the links to that. Um, but also your art is very much inspired by physical space as well. And maybe you can talk about when you rebranded as um, Lion Canyon Studio. Did I get that right? Yeah, Lionheart Canyon. Lionheart. I knew I was leaving something out of there. Lionheart (laughs) Canyon Studio. um, That a lot of your inspiration for that came from the natural world and from some Mm -hmm. places that you had visited. So I'd love to hear hear about that piece. Yeah, I rebranded in 2020 from Kate Works, which was my, um, the birth of my, uh, the original, sorry for any weird faces I make in advance. (laughs) I think pandemic has just made me perpetually unaware of the faces that I make. Same, same. Um, um, So um, yeah, I rebranded in 2020. um, And uh, I, that was kind of another like route that I, I realized that I needed because the rebrand really like solidified my creative path that I wanted to take. Um, and a lot of the rebrand was um, creating like this mental space for myself of uh, like a lion heart canyon. So, um, I guess I haven't really talked about like, like even on, I haven't really talked about like the story of, we don't have to, <laughs> sorry, I'm just like rabbit holing my brain here. Yeah, um, wherever your brain wants to go, it's all good. Okay. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought there too, but um, no, but rebranding really um, helped set my path. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much inspired by the creative aspect of nature. Um, So seeing like textures and color stories of nature um, and national parks and public lands and um, just like beautiful wild spaces, I'm very much inspired by. Um, And I, I definitely pull that into my, my creative work and, um, and the, the story behind my business too. So, cause it's right there in the title, like Canyon that you're, do you feel that your creative ecosystem would be a Canyon? I would say that's a pretty good, um, yeah, I would, I would say so. Cause I think like, um, for a long time, I felt like I was in a creative and even just like mental desert kind of like the way I, I see the desert is when you first look at it, it, it seems very dry and desolate and like not a lot of life. But then when you look closer, you see um, like juniper trees just rooting into the rocks and you look in the, in the, um, in the like, oh, <laughs> brain. Um, but then you, you see like 
evidence of washes in the desert and water and um, animals and plants. And um, so you just have to, you just have to look a little closer. <laughs> I love that. I actually yeah. saw an Instagram post specifically about that. I wish I could remember whose it was. I would link it. But they said before I lived here, I would have thought that this was like a dead okay. piece of land in the photo. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I can see like five different plants and two different animals. It's all about knowing what to look at and seeing the signs of life that are there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, I definitely see that in my work and also just like my own inner, inner self there. So how do you find that that translates into your weaving? So maybe like that, mm -hmm. that first collection, um, I forgot the name of it, but it was very nature-y. Yes. Um, my like debut collection for Lionheart Canyon Studio was called uh, The Earth's Wild Bones Feel More Alive Here, um, which I actually named the that was a that was the title of the book that I released last year as well. Um, it was just an ebook, but it was a collection of writing, um, original writing and collage work. Um, and it's beautiful. I have thank you. I have a copy. And when you release yes. a hardcover, I want a copy of that yes. as well. Yeah, and Sarah was the first person to put an order through for my book too. So I texted her immediately, and I was I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that people I don't you understand that as well because yes, yes. your your book is doing extremely well with yeah I'm in the middle of the launch right and, now I'm kind mm -hmm. of in that disbelief that people actually mm -hmm. want to read it even though yeah. people have been telling me they want to read it all mm -hmm. along it's a whole nother yeah. thing when you put your money where your mouth is and pre-order so mm -hmm. it's I very exciting get <laughs> yep um I distracted you but we were talking about the okay. collection <laughs> of the same name yes Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you didn't distract me at all. We're just candidly speaking. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, that collection of weavings um, was very special to me because um, I, I was creating those out of that, that dry space. But then I started, as I was developing that collection, I, um, I was starting to feel like that life coming through um and I was in like a very depressed state in that year like just coming out of like pretty severe like life changes with like the end of a relationship and also moving seven hours away two weeks before and the 2020 pandemic. like yeah it was the perfect storm really it was it was um so so crazy um so feeling that creativity coming through with an exciting rebrand and um, a new story to tell with my my business and my work. Um, it was really cool to see those weavings develop. And they actually, like the titles of each one created a poem. Um, so when I did put out my book, I used those titles to inspire a lot of, a lot of the book too. Um, and they, so it's like, the earth's wild bones feel alive more alive here and then um, it was essentially like a desert collection so each one was inspired by elements of the desert yes I always love the colors <laughs> and the textures that you choose mm -hmm. and that first collection were mostly on foraged sticks mm -hmm. I believe I, yep. I love that natural element in your work yeah 
And then the collection that you're making now is also inspired by nature. Mm -hmm. I see one of those pieces behind you. Yes. Um, This new collection I'm working on right now is um, like a a garden collection. Basically, I am supposed to be putting out the collection later today. I haven't like taken pictures yet or named them. So I work well under pressure, I guess. So um, if it doesn't end up being today, it'll be tomorrow morning. So there's flexibility in that. Um, And yeah, they are inspired by um, spring gardens. I have another one here I can show you. Um, And these ones are all round weavings, which I just started making in the last couple of months. So that's been an exciting, like little, little twist. And um, yeah, I wanted to experiment more with like texture and dimension on these. So um, I tried using more like bulky, bulky fibers and using knotting and layering. So there's a little more, it feels a little more sculptural, which is really fun to play with. Yeah, I love that. And I think you wrote a little bit about on Instagram about this, about how you kind of felt like a new inspiration coming when you moved into your new space, Mm -hmm. some more creative energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's funny because like I, I am going to hopefully be putting out seven weavings and I didn't have any of them made a week ago. So I've made six weavings in the past couple of days. So I I think Sarah and I have talked about this before, but I tend to like have these really long creative lulls where I can't seem to make anything or I go full on 100% steamrolling ahead and churning out a bunch of work, which I need to figure out a more like sustainable practice with that and just have maybe more consistent work which I feel like um you know follow your gut if your intuition mm-hmm. is telling you that but also I feel like I see that within myself as well mm-hmm. I don't know if it's kind of a neurodivergent tendency but that um kind of seeing that during the lulls that creativity is still working mm-hmm. uh, has really been a big reframe for me that I, I it kind of felt like particularly with my books that I was either working on it or I wasn't. It's very like a very black and white Mm -hmm. thought. And I've realized since then that it's much more complicated than that. Like Mm -hmm. there's all of this gray area of when I'm not actively working on it, but my brain is like churning it in the background or I'm having different life experiences that help me look at it a different way. When I come back to my creative motherhood book, it's going to be completely different book than the first draft and it's going to be better for that. And yeah. so like kind of trusting our own internal um, like rhythms and not trying to force what we think like mm-hmm. productivity looks like mm-hmm. um, that you probably, so, you know, when you get that hyper focus and you're just like so excited to make pieces, you can make them so much more quickly than mm-hmm. perhaps another artist who like does the incremental work. Mm-hmm. I just think that we kind of villainize that uh, somewhat as a society, that that's like the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would really challenge us all to, you know, what we, what works for us works for us. And that might, yeah. um, that might be your best magic. Yeah, totally. Um, 
so yeah, I don't think that's something I can change within myself, but then I just need to make sure like, and I guess any of us who work that way just need to make sure that we're um, hosting that like gentleness in ourselves so we don't burn out. (laughs) Yes, like supporting that, like recognizing Mm -hmm. and you, you know, try different things. If, if um, you want to try like a structured, more structured schedule or whatever, um, we can discover new ways of working. But Mm -hmm. when we keep coming back to the same thing, and it actually works in a way, and we just have like a, like a internal judgment against us, perhaps we've been like criticized for that in the past, that just reframing it as this is actually the way I work best. And how can I support myself in this so I don't burn out? Because that's kind Mm -hmm. of the the dark side of the coin of that. Mm-hmm. I know from experience, I've been tried to be really careful with this book launch because I tend, when I get really hyper-focused on a project, I kind of forget about my body and my everything mm-hmm. else. It's part of why I wrote the book. Um, yeah. That trying to remember all of those pieces. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, but I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's worth, it's worth doing. Yeah. I feel like um artists like us need like a little like pocket elf that reminds us to eat (laughs) yes yes Um, I always forget to eat I actually um I don't know if it's set up on my phone right now but one of the first things I did uh when I was diagnosed as autistic the psychologist said set a chime on your phone and Mm -hmm. so my phone Uh, I think I need to turn it back on, but it's supposed to make a chime every hour just so that I know time is passing Mm -hmm. because if I'm in something, I have no idea Mm -hmm. what what the time is. And also a few years ago, I had like an actual alarm go off when it was time to eat. So like maybe you can teach your phone to be your pocket elf. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that recently because everything is just so different with David um, Mm -hmm. that that's not my particular struggle at this time but back when I had all the time in the world Mm -hmm. that's what I would do is I would forget to eat I would forget now I now my time my pocket (laughs) elf says don't forget your kids at school go pick him up (laughs) (laughs) yep 10 out of 10 would recommend uh, self-care chimes I will definitely do that also some people do the whole like stand up you know, move around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find when I'm in that creative flow, I don't necessarily want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of the balance of like, what do I need? And h- how much can I let myself do this without it being harmful? Mm-hmm. And like, at what point do I actually need to get up and like make a sandwich or yeah. a cheese board or something? Ooh, charcuterie is the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Sage Biscuit is a really good little pocket elf as well. Oh, so, yes. Yes, so she makes sure that we go outside for nice walks, which is really good for my creativity as well. Yes, that is great as well. Because um, when before David was born, I actually was going on a walk twice a day. I was going in the morning, I was going at night. And then like in my third trimester, I got really bad chronic back pain. And it's three years later, and I'm just working through that where I can actually like stand to cook or go on a walk without being in extreme pain um, which has been hard but Mm -hmm. we've started trying to go on walks um, with David this week in particular we went out and like had a picnic lunch and a walk Mm -hmm. and like it's so inspiring to be outside and moving around in nature Um, so yeah I definitely 
definitely that's part of the everyday lived experience as well it's nice to have another another person to remember to take care of and David's just starting to talk so he Mm -hmm. he actually calls the park that we go to La Lou the Lou and so so he started asking to go to the park so there have been days where Nathan and I were kind of like you know we're just like in a in a in a fog mm-hmm. <laughs> in the parenting fog and he's like la lu la lu let's go to the loop and then oh. we end up going for a walk and it's so great and we're like wow mm. thank you for asking for this this is what we all needed and we didn't think yeah it's yeah. so great that sage biscuit can do that for you as well yes. yep yeah. yeah there's something really magic about getting outside and getting some fresh air and sunshine and definitely seeing everything alive yes Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh my gosh, my brain just whoop. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you know the artist Amy McNee, yeah. um, inspired yeah. to write on Instagram. I listened to her podcast and she calls that phenomenon where uh, the brain fog comes and you kind of can't make words. Uh, she calls it sprain brain, which I really love, like the little uh, mm-hmm. rhyme of that. I usually just end up saying like oh I can't make words oh the sun is like (laughs) I put down the curtains uh to keep it from being right in my eyes Mm -hmm. but my curtains are white so it's still like um really really bright outside right now yeah so we'll have a nice walk later after this yes I love it it's kind of a a gray and rainy day here today so it's nice because all the flowers are starting to bloom which is really we had rain yesterday and my little garden is coming to life and we have one tiny strawberry mm-hmm. that I I hope will live to the last time we planted strawberries the birds got them all mm-hmm. so I hope this one will uh ripen up before we can actually eat it but it's yes. nice it's fun to see things coming to life Definitely. after a long winter mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the brain sprain again for me <laughs> oh I'm trying to think of uh what else we wanted to talk about um do you want to talk about like Nebraska versus where were you before Kansas Mm -hmm. yeah um I so in Kansas I lived in this really cool um landscape it was kind of like this little canyon that was tucked away in the plains of Kansas um it was like really cool rocks, um, which I, which you would not like expect in the Midwest, probably. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my cabin was tucked away in in the back of a canyon. So I think that also influenced um, the development of Lionheart Canyon to like living in that environment. Um, And it was right next to a state park too, which was really cool to walk around and just be in that nature so even though I was in a really tough tough mental space it was really good to be in that nature um, and get to explore that Um, but yeah now I'm I'm back in Omaha and I I did grow up here so I I don't know like my my plan for moving back here was to reconnect with my community and my family while I'm trying to like get into a better mental space and um a lot of last year was me trying to like get back into a healthier mental space 
Um, and then I, I also just like found myself tucking into this really awesome art community and friend community and re-exploring the city I grew up in and finding places that I love. And <clears throat> like my original plan was to be in Omaha for a year and then maybe move to like New Mexico or Arizona or Utah. Um, but then I moved to a new apartment and I signed a, another, another lease to stay here for at least another year. And I really love it here. So yeah, it's nice to have mm -hmm. a, the physical support system. Like mm -hmm. you can have your friends and family over the internet and mm -hmm. that's magic that you can talk to people all over the world, but mm -hmm. there's something about actually having someone who can come over and help you when you need it or mm -hmm. just keep you company. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's something I was lacking when I lived in Kansas because I saw, I pretty much saw just like two people for almost a whole year. <laughs> so that was, that was crazy. Um, but now I'm, now I'm closer to people. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That can be an important part of your ecosystem. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because we tried to do this on Tuesday and then my microphone wasn't working, but I remember you texted me that day that you have like an exciting friend trip plan that we might talk yeah. about. Yeah. So, um, um, well, while we were having like some technical difficulties on Tuesday, my, one of my best friends called me, um, uh, like pretty much right when our interview would have started. So it ended up kind of being like a serendipitous moment um, because I was able to pick up the phone and like hear how excited she was. But she, um, her name is Paige and we worked at camp together um, when I was in college. And then I ended up transferring to the same college. Uh, so I guess one of my like personality traits is that I'm really good at like figuring out when place isn't serving me and then I go somewhere new because um, I consistently move like <laughs> pretty much every year um I've actually done that like every year since I was in college so um maybe maybe this time I'll settle in somewhere but anyways um Paige Paige called me on Tuesday morning and um at like 9 a.m and she was she was like Kate how do you feel about going like on a backpacking trip through um, uh, northern Minnesota. So it's the Superior Hiking Trail and it's on the North Shore of Minnesota and it's like, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. So I've never gone on like an actual backpacking trip, um, like an extended trip. So I'm really excited to do that. And I also just haven't really been on like a nature adventure in a while. I went camping with my sister last year in Illinois, which was really fun. Um, but I've definitely been missing that aspect of travel and seeing like beautiful nature places. Um, so like both of us are very much like just craving that sense of escape to nature and yeah, adventure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just, like, both of us are, like, kind of starting new 
life journey, she just moved to Minnesota to make wine. Um, and she was um, a chemist, like she went to school for chemistry and she worked in a lab and um, she and her husband just moved to Minnesota so she could start making wine. And I'm just like, I, I was so happy for her um, for pursuing something she really wanted to do. So um, yeah, both of us are just so appreciative of opportunities to have like that meditative space in nature. So um, I just, I just know it's going to be an awesome experience for both of us. And, um, and I think healing too, because we, we both just need it. <laughs> I think we all need, we all need that right now mm -hmm. after these last few years, mm -hmm. I keep dreaming of the time that I can travel somewhere and have some, mm -hmm. have some reset time. Definitely. Yeah. I think we all need to put that on our, on our, uh, I can't think of the word, no words, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. on, our, <laughs> on our list, on, on our, our goals, goals yeah. something yeah. we're working toward a little mm -hmm. step at a time. Yeah. I'm thinking also about uh, the scale of your work and the new giant loom that you have and mm -hmm. how your space kind of plays into the ability to use that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am currently working on my biggest commission yet. Um, it's for Ari um, Ariel Bacon. Um, so she is uh, one of the original members of the art stew, which I think we, I'm sure we talked about the art stew. Yeah. If you want to hear about podcast. that, the first episode we went on about that, cause that's how we connected. Yes. Um, yeah. So and cool. I will be forever grateful for the art stew and Ray for putting all yes, of that together. It was such a cozy little community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm making this four foot commission for Ari and she, um, I, she's, she's amazing. Um, she's been doing so much healing herself and um, I'm very, very proud of her and very happy that she and I have become such good friends because she is definitely like the epitome of a lion heart. <laughs> um, so it's, it's been really cool to be working on this commission for her. Um, and she actually asked me to do it in the summer or no in the winter of 2020 so it's also been a long time coming um I think I was scared to work at that scale so I just kept pushing it off a little bit so thankfully she is the most graceful person and she's like no it's it's gonna happen when it's meant to happen um so I'm very great she's I'm very grateful that she was in that in that similar mindset um and it ended up being perfect timing because I started it um at my old apartment and then I was able to um mastermind a transport mode with my dad to my new place um because I thought I was going to have to rush to finish it before I moved which just wouldn't have been good because I didn't want to rush it um and so it's just, it ended up being perfect timing because I will get to finish her weaving in my new home, um, which just feels really cool. Um, so it's, 
I'm happy to be finishing her weaving in my new space as the first like big piece. <laughs> yes, um, and this like how big it like that isn't even the largest weaving you can do on that new mm -hmm. loom, is it? Nope, I can do them up to six feet wide. Wow, um, which is taller than me. I'm only five three, so um, and right now it's um set to four foot high, but it can it can go up to six foot high. So I could, I could, we need a step a stool. That's, yeah, I, I need to do, I need to buy one of those, <laughs> um, but I've already enlisted the help of my friend Grace to help me snip it off the loom and probably help me with the finishing work because it's big. <laughs> yes. I, I've been putting off one it's actually hanging right up there. It's, it's small, uh, mm -hmm. but it's been on the loom since, mm -hmm. oh, honestly, I can't even remember when I finished it. Um, mm -hmm. I find that last part so scary and stressful. Like yeah. I'm going to ruin all of the work um, when I try to, to finish it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's such a breath of eek when, <laughs> when you're snipping it off, because once the tension is gone, it, reveals if your weaving is going to survive pretty much um I've definitely butchered a couple not not recently because I've been weaving for like eight years now I think yes. so I've, I've kind of learned how to like not be so terrified of that so it it'll it'll come um but I yeah still get, I the still get last nervous. time we talked I actually hadn't done any weaving since like Girl Scouts I think we weaved like coasters oh or, gosh. or yeah. something and then I it was actually our podcast episode that inspired me to buy a loom and try it out and I, that's one of my new mediums that I've been loving it's yeah fiber arts are very um kid friendly not mm -hmm. not all creative mediums are so I'm really mm -hmm. thankful for you to bring that into my life at the just at the Aww. time that I needed it good good yeah weaving yeah. is is so meditative um which is why I probably like it <laughs> mm, yes um, very much so yeah yep yeah so maybe we should have done this first um but do you want to try to describe uh, your weavings, like your aesthetic or what your work looks like for someone who hasn't seen it yet. Mm. And of course we'll link to Instagram and your website yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, I guess like the voice I've adapted as a weaver is, um, I guess I, I usually work in very like muted earth tones. Um, I'm trying to integrate more not necessarily like bright colors, but just more, I'm trying to experiment more with um, like different, I don't know. I'm just trying to experiment more this with, color. <laughs> with color, not being scared of using like, like color. <laughs> um, so that's been really fun. I kind of did that with this, this new collection a little bit. Um, definitely still muted tones there but um so yeah I I don't I generally work in earth tones I'm really scared of like bright colors um so I I'm very inspired by nature as as we've talked about um so I'm 
drawn to like desert tones and lots of sage greens and um, like I've recently really enjoyed like the mauve color, like that purpley color. Um, and then <clears throat> I guess um, I do a lot of like organic sort of squiggle, not squiggles, that's, <laughs> that's a silly word, um, just like organic free form sort of, but I have like kind of a pattern I follow, but um, <clears throat> it was interesting because um, an artist friend, I was talking to an artist friend um, about how I could like come up with a tie between my weaving work and my collage work because I want things to feel like semi-consistent as an, or like just like have that like voice. Um, and, and she ended up saying like, she could see how um, the tears and the like the landscapes formed in my collages are similar to my weavings. Um, I think you can kind of see it, but I wish I had a collage nearby. Um, Actually, I do. But, so let me oh, just. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I was just looking at it. Mm -hmm. So why don't I bring it down so everyone can benefit? Yeah. This is oh, the one that the... I commissioned. And I got yeah. the frame. Jeez, how do I hold it? Aha. There you go. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, just the like organic tears. Yes, I see that as well. Layers. With the... um, so I thought, I thought that was really cool because it, like, even though it doesn't look like necessarily a landscape in my weavings, it kind of does look like there's um, <clears throat> like layered horizon lines, if that makes yes, sense. Yes. So yeah, I can see the connection there as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and like she really... said, or whoever you're speaking to that the tears even look a little bit um, like textural, almost mm -hmm. like mimicking the fiber. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, funny how we can get really in our head about having like a creative voice when really mm -hmm. our creative voice is us. And yeah. so it will come through. But sometimes it's like recognizing it so you can communicate it and accentuate mm -hmm. it. Yeah, definitely. Super cool. And then texture too. like mm -hmm. the I'd love to hear you talk of like nerd out about fibers. Okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't really dug into like all the different fibers I can weave with yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's one of my favorite things about your, your piece. Yeah. It looks it's... so like cozy and mm -hmm. um, warm. Yeah, it's it, all of all of my weaver friends agree that it's like a very dangerous <laughs> craft to get into. Not okay, I lost you but you're back. So you were saying it's a dangerous uh, craft to get into because there are so many different fibers. Um, I think my recent indulgence is hand spun art yarn. Um, and exciting, exciting thing. I'm picking up a spinning wheel hopefully this weekend. So I will be able to make my own hand spun art yarn eventually. I am going to have to learn before I can probably do it well because it's kind of tricky I've heard to learn how to do it um but I'm I'm really excited so like this piece has some really beautiful hand spun um from Kali Colleen um 
her um she does she does really beautiful art yarn um i can send sarah her instagram and yeah we'll pop that into the show notes yeah um so um hand spun art yarn is very cool um i love velvet and chiffon and sari silk um and it's there's just like such a wide variety of textures that yeah I love the cotton as well it seems so simple but yeah that like that is that cotton behind you on the like the the fringe yes yes uh, this is cotton cord and I I really like um that's like kind of my go-to for the fringe and then I put other textures like in the fringe too um but yeah, there's like a ton of knotting that you can do to create even more texture. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just, I love how versatile weaving is in that regard. So yeah. Yes. And I, we old... talked about this last time, but in case someone doesn't want to dig into the archives, but they're curious to try weaving, mm-hmm. uh, what would you suggest? Uh, where would yeah. you suggest that they start? Um. So you, you like, don't even have to buy a loom. You can make one. Um, so like I've seen people like thrift old picture or just like thrift picture frames and then just like nail in, um, nails. And there's like tutorials out on like Pinterest and Google that can show you how to make your own loom. You can even make one out of cardboard and just cut like little slats and do it that way. Um, so yeah, you don't have to like invest a ton into it and you don't have to start weaving with like the expensive fibers. Um, you're, it's totally okay to like use what you have or cause I, I started out with, um, like just like yarn from Michael's and all of that. So, um, you start you just, you just start with what you have. Um, and then I consider myself to be self-taught. Um, I didn't like go to school for fiber. Um, so I started weaving after I graduated from college. Um, and I did, I did take some online classes from Lindsay Campbell, who is, um, Hello Hydrangea. She has really good um, okay, I'll beginners be sure and like that. yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Um, I think I, I think I probably mm-hmm. went through that route as well when yeah. I was learning. Mm-hmm. Some very good yeah. uh, educational yeah. content mm-hmm. there. Yeah, she's a really good teacher, and she, she's an awesome resource to um, get you going <laughs> if, if you're wanting to weave. Um, so yeah, I think like weaving is a super, it's, there's not like, I, I don't know, it's just like a easy to learn craft, I would say. Um, and I've seen a lot of people starting to do it, especially in the last like two or three years too, which has been really exciting to see because um, I, want, I want people to like, I want people to weave. Um, I'm thinking about um, 
hosting some classes here soon, maybe because I'm inspired by my new space and I'm like, I want people to come into my new space and have even more creativity here. So originally I like, I didn't think that I wanted to teach because I'm better at writing than I am talking sometimes. Um, but I think, I think I want to teach people now. I so. really relate to that as well. I remember when yeah. I was in undergrad, I was like, no, I never want to be a teacher. I definitely don't want to teach in university. And now like, mm -hmm. that's my main job. I, I'm the adjunct university instructor and they're just, mm -hmm. I don't know, as you get older, sometimes there comes this little, a little flip mm -hmm. switch where you're like, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready to try this. Yeah. Yeah. It can Definitely. be great to like diversify those income streams as well as a, as a working artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something I've definitely been needing to do, especially as I'm making this more my full-time, full-time job with supplementary jobs here and there. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I think I have one more question related mm -hmm. to like the lived experience. Um, if you can think of anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered, but kind of like, what are the small little details that you have throughout your day um, that can contribute to like inspiration for your creativity or like mm -hmm. uh, feeding your inner artist? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've never really been a morning person. Like I definitely work better at night, but um, being in this new space has helped me like want to form an actual morning routine that lends to creativity, which is, it's been, it's felt really good. <laughs> um, so I have my new, my new space is a South facing apartment, which is really nice, especially as an artist, because that means really good sunlight for pretty much all of the day. Um, so my creative mornings look like, um, like me and me and Sage Biscuit waking up and then I open the blinds to our bedroom and then I go throughout my entire apartment and open up all of the blinds. So sunlight just like fills the entire space. Um, and then I get coffee going and then I pour myself a cup of coffee and then I take Sage Biscuit for a walk. And then by the time I come back, the coffee's cooled down a little bit. Um, and then um, I guess before I take Sage for a walk, I try to like set the space for when I come back. Um, so I like, I've been doing morning pages, which I know Sarah also, also does. Um, so uh, I make sure to set my journal out with my coffee. So it's like ready to go when I come back from the walk. Um, and I need to set like, cause I, I can like, sometimes like it can take me like an hour to get through my morning pages just because my brain just starts rabbit holing. So I need to start like doing like a 15 minute time and just like making do myself do... just write. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Like, do you make yourself keep writing? Like when do you stop writing and think or do you, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's usually what I do, but I should just like move through that. I, I'm really mean to myself when I do it. Mm -hmm. Granted, I'm not in the habit of doing it every day, right 
now because I'm severely sleep deprived. So I've Mm -hmm. prioritized sleep. But when I do journal, I'm really mean about just making myself keep mm-hmm. writing. I should um, do that. And it goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think different things come up. Like I know we mentioned Amy of Inspired to Write. Uh, I think she takes a lot more time with mm-hmm. hers. And so um, uh, Julia Cameron definitely is like, you must keep writing. You must keep moving the mm-hmm. pen. And so that's that's why I do it that way, because I'm very good at following rules Mm -hmm. Uh, but I see from Amy that you know you can do it different ways and it may Mm -hmm. not necessarily be the best for everyone those little daydreamy thoughts might actually help some people Um, but for anyone who feels like they don't have time to journal I think I usually do mine in like 15 minutes like Mm -hmm. really fast Um, so there's it's one of those things there's no uh no right or wrong way to do it but that Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to like carve out a little more time that can definitely help and then you kind of capture those daydreamy thoughts that Mm -hmm. um I don't know I think I'm like avoiding journaling right now I tend to do that when I'm like it's something that I don't want to write about like if I'm Mm -hmm. having a hard I'm not like having a hard time but like Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes there's a resistance when it's actually something that it would be helpful to write (laughs) but my brain is like no don't write that down like (laughs) No, we don't want to commit it makes that it to more paper. real if you write about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that it's interesting. So then so you go for you do your journaling, then you go for a walk, come back, have your coffee. That's pretty much your morning routine. Yeah. Um I want to start like doing yoga or a little workout too, just to because I I just want to get back into that. I haven't really like done that aside from taking sage for walks um but I always I always feel better after I do like a little bit of yoga so I stretched the body muscles yeah so I've I've been trying to if I have time before I like go to work at the shop or if I have time then I'll I'll try to do it there's Um, so many great YouTube videos now um yoga with Adrian is awesome um she's on YouTube and she has a lot of free free stuff on there um so yeah just trying to move a little bit and um and then and then create or go to work at my my little part-time job at the shop um so yeah I'm I'm trying to because I the new neighborhood I live in um is like one of my favorite neighborhoods in Omaha, it's called Dundee, um, and I, I like from my bedroom window, I can see one of my favorite little brunch spots, and so I, and I'm starting to explore my neighborhood more too, which has been really creatively inspiring. Um, like part of Julia Cameron's morning pages and like the artist's way is. Um, artist dates is that what she calls yes artist yes. dates um so I'm starting to do that and like there's a library within walking distance too so last week I love I, a library yeah not was it this week I don't remember um it's Friday so maybe it was this week but a couple of days ago I walked to the library but I got myself a library card and I'm just super stoked to check out whatever I want <laughs> Yeah, that's like a great 
a great idea for anybody who's feeling kind mm-hmm. of stuck in their community mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost any money mm-hmm. and like it's like a free resource to add that inspiration to your day mm-hmm. um we haven't been we've been really really strict um kind of isolated with David my family's mm-hmm. high risk for COVID and I just until he gets vaccinated I'm trying to minimize our social but totally. libraries are something I really miss um mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to being able to take him actually I did my first edit on my book uh in the library right before COVID ended and then oh. I was just so devastated that I lost my quiet working space mm-hmm. of course now I have this so I can't complain yeah. but for that gap yeah. in the middle where I lost the library and I didn't have a quiet space in the house it was really tough totally. so yeah thanks for mentioning that do you have um have you checked out yet the app where you can check out audiobooks from your local library um I need to download it because the librarian was telling me all about it and it sounds so cool it is and so cool um yeah. I'm I haven't used it in a while so I don't know if my library cards expired because I haven't been if I can still use it but when I was when David was a newborn I was like checking out audiobooks all the time mm-hmm. and it's so great because audiobooks are really expensive mm-hmm. and they have ebooks too I think um the mm-hmm. app's called Libby for anybody who wants to check it out Um, But yeah, it's kind of like audible for free. Like sometimes you have to be on a waiting list, but it depends on who in your area is waiting to read what book. Um, And if you have Mm -hmm. access to multiple libraries, you can get on multiple waiting lists. Like it's really, it's really cool. Um, So yeah, definitely check that out. The books that you checked out, um, like physical books are also Mm -hmm. really awesome. And they were, are the ones I saw on Instagram were about weaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it was really cool because I was just like searching through the shelves and I didn't really see any books about the history of weaving and like textile arts. Um, but that's something I really wanted to learn more about because I, I do have an art history minor. So we did learn a little bit of like the history of fiber, but not too much. Um, and so I really want to know more about like the history and development of texture or um a fiber arts so um I went up to the librarian and I was like hi do you have any books about the history of weaving or the history of fiber um and she was library like it's just so cool and I forgot how cool libraries are um I felt like a little kid because she was like um I don't think we have any at this location but we have them at other locations and then we can bring them to this library and you can pick them up here so I got an email a couple of days later and they were like, we have three books about this for you. And so she just found all of these books for me and then they just showed up. <laughs> that's so, great. That's, that's mm-hmm. a good reminder too, for those of us that are mm-hmm. kind of rusty of the outside world that, you know, you can Google your library's website and that will only tell you so much, but talking to a real librarian, yeah. like, they can do the magic. Yeah. And she was so nice. Like, it was so awesome talking to her and she said that you can um, like check out free passes for like local museums or like the local like community or not community it's called the Luritzen Gardens so it's like um, a really cool I don't need to like talk too much about that but it's just like this but yeah really there's cool, like lot- garden museum and like 
and like the zoo and like the zoo is really expensive but it's a really cool zoo um and I'm just like libraries are so cool I keep saying that yeah (laughs) there's so many resources it's not just books there Mm -hmm. like they're tapped into the community like what you're saying Mm -hmm. there's um I think ours you can check out like board games now like some Mm -hmm. libraries have library of things where you can check Mm -hmm. out like sewing machines and stuff like Mm, that's really um, cool there's some really interesting innovation in the library in the library world as everything becomes more digital Mm -hmm. um and then too like just events and things like that like it's it's definitely a a really good uh resource to kind of enrich your daily lived experience Mm -hmm. for your ecosystem Definitely. definitely so I just looked at the clock we've been going for an hour I can't believe it um so Thank you so much, Kate, for joining me. Was there anything else? Uh, Let's tell people where to connect with you, where to find you on Instagram and online. Yeah, I am um, on Instagram as Lionheart Canyon Studio. And then my website is lionheartcanyonstudio.com. So I always love um, connecting with people over there. Like I call my community of followers lion hearts so I just I feel like I've had a really cool little community built so I always love welcoming new people in um so yeah you can you can find me over there if you want to see um some extra sage biscuit she shows up a lot in my Instagram stories but I also have an Instagram account for her which I said I would never do but then I did um but that's sage biscuit and Kate (laughs) if you want to follow that and your garden collection will probably be up by the time I finish my podcast magic. Mm-hmm. So I will definitely mm-hmm. link to that. And mm-hmm. then Kate also has collages and her book. So make sure to check all of that out. So that's it for this episode. Thank you again, Kate, for joining me. And yeah, thank you um, for having me. <laughs> we will see you around the internets. Yes. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kindle Curiosity. If you have a friend that would enjoy this podcast, the best way that you can support this is to send a link directly to them. And instead of leaving a review, what I'd really love is to hear from you, what your thoughts are, what came up for you, what resonated in this episode. Podcasting can feel really one-sided and lonely, kind of like shouting into the ether. And it really helps me to know that there are people on the other side. So you can send that through Instagram or my email. Everything will be linked down below. And if you'd like to support the podcast further, you can pledge over on Patreon for extra perks like behind the scenes or even physical artwork in the mail, or you could buy a copy of my book. So that's all. I'll see you over on Instagram, and I'd love hearing what you thought of this episode. Mm